The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. It is Monday, November 13th, 2017. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about Monday Night Raw, the go-home show for Survivor Series. With me, as always... Mr. Raj Geary, and joining us once again, Justin Labar from Chair Shot Reality. Justin, how's it going, man? It's going great. Another uh, fun week of uh, WWE and pro wrestling action. Another good week on Wrestling Inc. I've had a great response from everybody in Wrestling Inc., uh, both inside the website and the fans, and it's, it's I uh, appreciate it. I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. Definitely, Raj. Good to see you. Our friend, uh, Commissioner Matt Morgan. Of Longwood, Florida, sworn in today. Yeah, sworn in tonight. So he he's not uh, able to make it, um, but he should be here this uh, for after Survivor Series and for Raw. So awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's his schedule is kind of topsy turvy right now. So so we'll... and make sure you address him with his official political title, please. Right, yeah. Commissioner Absolutely. Commissioner Morgan. Yeah, absolutely, man. So. <laughs> Interesting Raw tonight, full of some surprises going into Survivor Series. Surprised by what we did not see tonight. Uh, social media was a buzz before the show. Rumors that Paige was going to make her return this evening. Yeah, she was backstage. Um, I wonder if she blew it for herself, you know, a little bit. I wonder if the fact that she was tweeting about it and, and posting on Instagram that uh, they weren't happy with that. Because the one thing with WWE, they get really irked with uh, people giving away surprises, you know? Yeah. And they hate like when a wrestler is uh, coming in and reveals that they've signed, you know, before, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, it's happened in the past where uh, you pretty much have to lie, you know, if you're going to WWE. So, yeah, you pretty much have to lie. And I mean, I don't know if I completely agree with Raj if that was the case, but it's certainly, uh, you know, worth considering. Um, you know, she has not been quiet about the fact that she was coming back and, you know, there was photos of her entering the building from fans. And, you know, I just, I, you, it makes me wonder, like, there's so much baggage in the last 15 months since we've seen her on WWE TV with all the, the Del Rio stuff and, and, the, and the suspensions. I, 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 I don't. I can only imagine how narrow the tightrope is that she might be walking, you know, and if, and if she did uh, do some things that are, you know, out of protocol in terms of uh, social media and revealing that she's in, in town, which, you know, spoils any surprise. I, you know, like Raj said, I wonder if they might have changed things uh, in spite of all that. So. Yeah, because what uh, PW Insider was reporting over the weekend was was very different than what ended up happening, you know. Uh, they were reporting that she was going to basically be a surprise entrant in that match tonight, you know, to determine who would get that fifth spot and that she'd pretty much be getting it. So um, obviously that's a big change, but, um, but who knows, you know, it could have been just that they decided to hold off a week on her return Uh, since survivor series is loaded as it is. They, yeah, they don't really need it. You know, uh, another surprise, especially after adding triple H, which we'll get to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so it could be nothing. I, you know, I'm just speculating. 
but uh you know it, it could be absolutely nothing that they just decided to hold her return off although it's kind of weird i mean they do shoot themselves in the foot now if they wait and do it next monday or do something on smackdown tomorrow or you do, even do something at survivor series because of the anticipation that there was for tonight well uh, I, you didn't hear the crowd chanting we want page or anything like that i mean it's more the internet community knowing that she was going to be, you know, <laughs> that she was there and she was there. She posted a, a photo of herself with Renee Young backstage. Wow. Um, so which really spoils it <laughs> like beyond. I'm trying to think, when did we see that a return ever where, it, you know, unless it was unless somewhere. WWE does it like yeah. they'll, they'll put a thing on Instagram right before they come out sometimes just to get people. But let's keep it. in mind. It's let's not sell WWE short. They may have also realized that, uh, you know, the internet is picking up on such and was waiting for her to, you know, come and, and hijack the, the women's triple threat. And so they purposely don't bring her out. You know, they, they have her yeah. show up and maybe she does, you know, video work. Maybe she, maybe she has a photo shoot. Maybe she just has a meeting with the powers to be and, and, they, and they use it as, a, as a, just a, you know, a bait and switch. So, I mean, it, it could be as simple as that. I mean, it could be as simple as she shows up Survivor Series, she shows up next week. Um, you know, I mean, as sophisticated as we've all become to trying to cover this, you know, WWE, to their credit, has had times where they know how to, um, you know, that's the toughest thing about, I mean, you know, Raj can speak most intelligently to this talk out of all of us. That's one of the most challenging things about covering WWE and pro wrestling is it's not like the NFL or, or other major sports where they hold official press conferences and they have official media protocols. They can make us look as stupid as they want by changing things as last minute as they want. Yeah, they like yeah. to troll the fans, the IWC, and especially the wrestling gossip sites. Yeah, and especially when, you know, and, and, and in this case, it doesn't make uh, any difference business-wise for the pay-per-view. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's a smart move. You don't want to, you want to save some stuff too. So, you no, know, the, the post-show uh, Raw, you want to you wanna keep that loaded as well. And, and uh, if they are trying to make Survivor Series truly one of the big four, which they I mean, really are going out of their way this year to do that. The number two. It was the second of the big four. I mean, it's been, I think, uh, one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year almost every year that it's this run to an extent. No. Yeah, so. um, no. Um, it, 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 they almost got rid of it a while back. Vince oh. thought the concept was dying. Um, but I agree. It's an outdated concept. It is. Like the elimination matches, like this year they had to pretty much, I mean, it's all people over 40, 45, you know? Well, uh, that's most the the well, yeah, but I mean, the that's young, the interest. The youngest people on Team SmackDown are 37. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Other, other, well, you know. Bobby well, Roode's at 40, right? Nakamura is what, 38, 39? 37. He's the 37-year-old? The baby Jordan, of the group? When Jason Jordan was still on Team Raw, which we'll get to, excluding him, the youngest on Team Raw was 34 at Finn and Braun, and now Jordan's gone and it's H. So, like, <laughs> this is not... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's not a young man's match. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a fidelity four hundred one k. Right, yeah. So last year, because they added that Brock Lesnar Goldberg match, it it got you know highly anticipated. But before that, uh, it had been kind of dying out. I mean, it was like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, 
SummerSlam, and then a big drop with Survivor Series. But this Money year, the they bank. really... Money, Money in the, the bank. bank is yeah. the big four. Survivor Series hmm. is the big five. Well, I could see. Hey, before. I would say before this year. Yeah. But yeah. You need to bring back King of the Ring, man. Vince, uh, yeah. Vince doesn't like tournaments, I don't think. Yeah, and I think I think you would need some sort of step, like the winner gets a, a match at SummerSlam or something. A which match. which which it, it should have always been that anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Survivor Series this year, they mean it. They're putting in the effort. <laughs> uh, they're really going all out. So much so, I mean, with TLC, that last minute changes were necessitated by the mumps or whatever else was going on. But in this case. It makes me wonder: is is this they're just trying to really go above and beyond for the fans, or is something is something up? You know what I mean? Like they have to hit a certain threshold of subscribers by the end of the year. What has lit this fire under their ass to where they're just constantly rewriting it to outdo themselves? It's a lot of jokes in the chat room. Someone saying they should name it to Senior Series. Another one saying winning team gets free AARP. <laughs> um, but um. Yeah, you know, like I, I didn't sense much interest uh, two weeks ago in this show. And I, it does feel like um, the chaos almost is part of the, the interesting thing. Um, like it just feels like you don't know what's going on. And, and uh, it, it does feel like, whoa, hold on a second. Do you, do you hear a echo? That was me. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, anyways, I... I I'm not sure exactly what's uh, uh, precipitating this. I, I may, you know, I don't know if it's just that gender taking the title off of him just set off this uh, wave of changes that you know that they weren't really prepared for. But it's it's a lot more exciting card than it was two weeks ago for sure. There's something that, there's something to be said for, as Raj was alluding to. That there's something to be said for when WWE is publicly backed against the wall, you know, when we know that, okay, the, the mumps have infected the locker room or somebody has been suspended. Like when they have to all of a sudden take their fountain pen and go back to pencil or crayon to write the show, when we pick up on that, there's something to be said. It's, it's almost like there is an added excitement whether they want it or not, there's an added organic excitement that we know that they are literally potentially booking this um, on the day of. And again, you know, um, not to not to throw stones at at those who were who were reporting Paige is going to come back in you know the triple threat tonight. But it, when when things like that start to change, it just it makes you go, wow, anything is possible. And it may, again, it makes life very hard for you know, wrestling Inc. And, and people covering things, it makes it hard to try to, you know, s- decipher what's what's credible, what's not, what's – but but it does, from a fan standpoint, make things very exciting because you just literally yeah. go, well, anything's possible at this point. Let's yeah. just bring back Cyber Sunday, you know, which is right. completely unprecedented. Yeah, the fans just vote. We'll just see. <laughs> but they started rigging that voting so bad. Not, not necessarily rigging it, but, you know, it's like the special referee. Will it be Steve Austin or, you know, or – the Brooklyn Brawler, you know, like they would just throw like <laughs> two options that there's no way you'd vote for, and then the, the actual person. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean that's the one thing is they change their plans so often, and you know, like the day of. I mean, you'll hear about it all, all the time. You know, we had Heath, we had Heath Slater on last week, and he was talking about how you know he gets to the show and stuff is changing, 
and they don't know what they're doing that day. So, yeah, like in this case, you know, the, the it, it was Mike Johnson that originally reported it, and I know he's going to get some flack because people are like, "Oh, you're wrong again," you know, <laughs> dirt sheets wrong again. It's like. No, that was the plan yesterday, and could it you, changed. Can you imagine if Vince has this plan? I'm going to get these bastards one at a time. <laughs> okay, we're going to leak them one piece of info. They're going to tout it from the heavens, and then we're going to prove them wrong. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny, because they forget all the other times they're right. But, you know, anytime <laughs> they're wrong, it's like, oh, the dirt sheets. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so tonight started with Stephanie McMahon uh, coming out, dressing down Kurt Angle. For him to uh, be saved. Well, not that he was in jeopardy. I guess she was going to fire him or threaten to fire him. Uh, but the shield came out. The the original shield, as they kept pointing out. Not this shield where there's only two of them, but Roman Reigns being back tonight. I thought that was interesting how they uh, tried to make it seem so special that it was the shield fully reunited when Roman was just there like a month ago with these guys. But you know what, Glenn? Yeah. I, I know what you're... I know what you're getting at, but that crowd, I tweeted, yeah. it was hot Atlanta. They were all over. There was never any Roman booze. There was never any Roman socks. They were, the crowd was unified behind the three of them as a shield. So it was a, a success in my book. I mean, they, it was a, it was a, all the, the wide shots into the arena. It was a well sold out arena. You know, everybody was was pretty hot for for the things they're supposed to be hot for. So, uh, I think on that measurement, it was a big success for WWE for a go home show for their, you know, big four. A couple things, and I I agree with that to an extent. But doesn't it take some of the shine off by doing the reunion match on Raw when? You could have just waited six days at the, at the Survivor Series. And granted, the pay-per-view at this point doesn't need that. It, it doesn't make much of a, a difference, you know. But I just think as, as far as like a, a well, big event, you know, a big deal kind of thing, a, a special well, a special kind of thing, it, it you could have just waited six days. You could have still had them do their promo, do something, um, and, and then hold off that first match till this Sunday. Well, Raj, I, I certainly see that point, but let's keep in mind that they are already a month past when they wanted to have the Shield reunion at TLC, which mm. didn't happen. And you're trying to sell a Shield versus New Day match, you know? Like, I think I think they. I mean, and I could have. I agree with you. I could have. I could have been fine if we did not see all three members of the Shield tonight in a match, and, and you save that novelty. But I guess maybe from Vince or whoever we uh, attribute it to, their point of view saying, all right, well, look, I'm selling the original Shield back together against the New Day. It's kind of thrown together very quick. You know, this weird, you know, invasion kind of angles, what's selling it. I think they, their justification was we got to see these three guys. We got we to see the original Shield together, remind you how awesome it is. And that's going to make you think that them versus the new day is that much that much greater. That's you know probably the the mindset if I was to dare to enter their brains. Yeah, and and second thing, why not have this match close the show? Because this is something directly related to the pay per view, right? Sure. So you go off the you go off the show with the Shield reunion. It's a big match at the Survivor Series. You go home. You're leaving the fans with wanting more for the Survivor Series, as opposed to a match that had match. nothing to do with the, you know the the pay per view pay-per-view this Sunday. Yeah, but they couldn't have done that gag, the stunt with the uh, ring. 
Well, they didn't. They didn't need to do it this week. They could have waited till next week. Sure, it's been a, when's the last time they did that? That's kind of a rarer version. We, I mean, the ring collapse. Why well, I tweeted, I tweeted several hours ago that how they had the LED ring posts, but not the LED board up against the ring. Yeah. Mm, and awesome. so I had, you know, I said, you know, what spot or what logistic is causing this? Now uh, I can't remember how many weeks ago, but you know, several weeks ago they had the LED board on the ring skirt, but no LED ring posts, and they ended up having a cage match, which explained that. The last time prior to that they had no LED ring post or ring skirt was Braun and Big Show breaking the ring. Yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, so, again, the nerdy, minute details, if you're paying attention to this stuff, uh, it led to believe that they were planning something, and obviously it was the ring spot, which, but again, I agree with you. Why does that happen? I mean, like, like, yeah, I agree. Put something that's relevant to the pay-per-view. Like, yeah, Braun's going to be probably a focal point in Survivor Series. He'll probably be – he'll probably have a great sequence of of eliminations or test of strength. But, yeah, I would still rather have the the first time we're seeing a Shield together in, in a month and they're getting ready to go up against the New Day. I'd probably rather something with the Shield to close the show yeah. as my final sell to come watch the pay-per-view. Kane's not doing anything Sunday. At least we don't think he is, right? Kane yeah. versus Daniel Bryan, they'll add it to the pre-show. You know, it's a long week. <laughs> I bet Kane comes out and gets Bar- uh, Braun eliminated. Probably, like, they start fighting to the back. The eliminations will be interesting in this match because you got so many big stars and guys They you would think that they'd want to protect, you know? Who, who goes out does first? Does Angle, well, does Angle versus Shane, is that, is that, is that going to hold true to that? Do you think Angle and Shane start the match? I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. You could have Triple H and Shane, you know? Like, that's something that's been buzzing forever that oh, they've no, never so been good. on screen at the same time since Shane came back. And, so good. Yeah. but And they didn't even tease anything about that tonight. What's yeah. that? I said, which is probably not an accident. but Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I find that fascinating, but they didn't even mention that. Yeah. Um so who gets eliminated uh, first, Rude? Bobby Rude, yeah. He, I mean, he is the the weakest link in this match. And then Nakamura, you know. And then Samoa Joe. I mean, those are those are kind of the guys that you could see taking pins uh, pretty easily. Finn. Well, well, let's look at the dynamics here. You could see Finn and Joe on the Raw side, you know, crossing each other out. They, 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 they kept playing that seed that there's still dissension amongst them. So they could – cancel each other out. I mean, let's look at the grand. Let's look at the dynamic here. Do we really think Vince McMahon is going to, uh, you know, I mean, the, the storyline of a show versus B show, and we're tired of being the B show, you know, has, Raj and you, Glenn, you guys said that this, this stems into a lot of real life here. Like, oh, yeah. do we really think that somebody sitting around is going to go, well, Vince, we're going to have Shane come in and he's just going to beat down raw. And that's going to be that. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could just picture the, damn it, Raw's going to come back, and they're going to crush the blue brand, and then it's going to be Christmas with Santa, and then it's Raw 25. I mean, Raw has to win this, right? I don't know. With Brock beating AJ, I mean, Brock is surely beating AJ, right? Do they give the both big matches to... with that promo tonight? Good Unless Lord. somebody proposes in the middle of the match. Maybe <laughs> what was up with that? Why would you do that? During a Paul Heyman promo, I mean, like, that's not, I, I would love to know that couple's story. 
What was the significance? We both have a shared love of fat, balding Jewish men with ponytails, and that's our thing. And so I need to propose then. You know, like why then? It's only fitting that that Paul Heyman uh, proposes the first toast at their wedding. Oh, absolutely. Uh, did they get kicked out for real? I saw that going on Twitter. No. no. Kicked out? Someone reported that they got kicked out on Twitter. If the, num- if the, the numb nuts that tried to rush behind the shield entrance <laughs> during their match, <laughs> one, of, one of WWE security guys, Jim Kelly, had to like physically mo- – if that guy didn't get thrown out, then don't throw out Adam and Eve who got – If they didn't throw out the drunk girl that took a selfie while twerking in front of Shane McMahon a few weeks ago, why would they throw out the proposal couple? (laughs) Well, uh, there was another spot. Um, What match was it earlier in the night where there was some distraction too? So I don't know if it was that if if it was that same couple, then I could see them doing it. If you know, twice something happened where uh, it was causing a distraction, but uh, otherwise that does seem very petty, and that's something that could easily. you know, it's just bad PR. Weird, too, this week. I don't know. Did you guys see on social there was a fan that not only got Becky Lynch to, to do a little video that was on Instagram, like, congratulating them on their wedding, but they got Kevin Owens to show up at oh, the yeah. reception at Disney World? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that what started the whole Kevin Owens, Randy right. Orton? Yep. Thing? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so WWE is very hit or miss in how they respond to nuptials. Is, is what Which, by the way, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm worked because I don't know if the whole Owens-Orton thing is – like because like, tonight they ran promos tonight for uh, WWE SmackDown House Show is coming to Pittsburgh on December 28th. So with a random Thursday, you know, a holiday week, and one of the matches they're advertising, they're advertising AJ versus Jinder, and they're advertising uh, Owens versus Orton. And I see all this, I'm like, you know, they're doing their you know, hook, line, and sinker here. I'm like, is this, is, you know, Orton, Orton's, you know, Orton's calling Owens fat. Uh, Owens is making shots at Orton. I'm like, am I, am, am I buying tickets to the house show to, to see this culminate? I don't know what's going on. Well, uh, their their tweets are more entertaining than uh, the promos <laughs> you would see on SmackDown. So right? I'm, I'm fine like, with them keeping it at that. And by like, the way, yeah. I refuse to buy tickets to that show. WWE is going to cop me because I refuse right. to pay tickets on December 20th. I, I feel like uh, the tweets are really Randy Orton's medium where he channels all of his energy and effort and really tries. You know, when he's on like when, like he was on Edge and Christian's podcast and I thought he came off great. It just there's something with the scripting something. for him that it just doesn't it doesn't vibe and he, I just get the feeling like he looks at the scripts and is like crap I got to do this and then you know just delivers it you know accordingly I, I just don't feel like he's he likes the stuff he's given he's in there's like guys I'm just saying my dad went a long way with the cowboy gimmick we get me the hat we go to that I think it'll change things up and we'll have some fun with it hey I think if he did a cast gimmick that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um so tonight we saw Dana Brooke. She's alive, folks. Bailey versus Dana Brooke versus Mickey James with the rest of the Raw women's team uh standing around the ring. And uh Bailey won, which we kind of assumed was gonna happen before all these rumors about Paige started floating around. Mm-hmm. I do want to say I uh anybody that's followed me on social for a long time, I've been I was kind of hard on Dana Brooke in the past. well and she didn't have a lot of experience and i think there was a lot of just 
you know, flaws or, or things. If, any, if, you, if you knew what you're watching for, you know, she just – you could tell she wasn't up to par or up to speed with some of the people she was working with. But I do think while it was limited and while they did cut the commercial break uh, in the middle of the match, I did think this was one of the better TV showings uh, of her and of her timing and, and being able to do cutoff spots to break up the counts and just be in the right place at the right time. Because, I, I mean, I, I can remember matches in the past where – she was in the wrong place at the wrong time and she needed to put her foot on the rope kind of thing. So yeah. I, I do think, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen her on TV and I do think she has improved um, even if, you know, uh, minutely. So give credit to her. Yeah. I thought it was a good showing like that little uh, dynamic with her and Oscar tonight. I mean, man, take, takes you back. It's hard to believe that. I mean, that was Oscar's first feud in NXT. It's yeah. weird how far uh, they've both come since then. And with Dana, I mean, she's been MIA for pretty much since Charlotte left uh, Raw. Well, and it's a good reminder of, you know, that's where the, the sport in WWE goes out of play. And that's where the entertainment casting of a show comes into play to where you said, Glenn, you know, Asuka and Dana Brooke was a first feud. Dana Brooke was on the main ro- the main roster well before but it's, it has nothing to do with ranking or or record or any of that stuff it's not the sport factor just casting they yeah. found casting need for dana brooke to be on the main roster you know you know long time ago and oscar still served a purpose on nxt and that's that's where i think people get so help get so caught up as i watch twitter and, and they're like oh my god you know oscar deserved to be up so much longer you know so you know so so long ago and it's just like you can't, you have to look at this as like a sitcom. It's a matter of what cast, you know, Oscar's the dominant one. When do they need a dominant one to come up? Dana Brooke, you know, can serve other roles. And I, I think, I think fans would have a lower blood pressure if they just understood that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of sitcoms, that, that uh, interplay and chemistry between Enzo Amore and Drew Gulak continuing tonight in their segment going up against Akira Tozawa and Callisto. Um, Justin, how do you think 205 Live is doing overall? And is there any truth to these rumors that Neville could be heading back? I think 205 Live is, I mean, it's been better since Enzo moved there, and I'm not the biggest Enzo fan, but I do think that, as I've long since said on Chair Shot Reality, which people can watch down Wrestling Inc., and it, it, it's it's tough with 205 Live. You're presenting these guys as inferior, that they're this weight class and less. It's the only weight class that's designated. It's this, and they're doing or the D show. Really, it comes after NXT. Well, well, it's it's just present. It's just presentation, you know. And when you can watch, you know, AJ Styles is getting ready to go up against Brock Lesnar, and AJ Styles does some of the same things in the ring as they do. It's tough, but I do think they've done some good. I think Enzo Amore, they have capitalized on this real palpable heat that he has. Um, you know, Gulak's doing some good things. I, I think that they're making better, you know, better advances. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what its long-term fate's going to be. Um, you know, in terms of rumors, rumors of Neville, I know Neville's very unhappy. That's not to say they can't sway him to come back. But, you know, I don't know. I'm very indifferent to it. I, I, I watch it in the background, but I just I don't get excited the way that I think they probably want me to be excited about it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it's kind of I want to like it, 
but it's, yeah, uh, right. it's, a, it's a dead show is, is the feeling. And then it's picked up since Enzo, you know, has been on there as far as energy and, and just feeling like stuff is happening because otherwise it's just the same guys you mix and match and uh, just no one really stands out. As far as Neville, uh, they, they weren't going to release him from his contract. So um, that was, that's the big thing. Like either Check he just sits it out. Yeah. Either you just get your down. Uh, actually, I don't even think you get your downside if you quit. Um, so, no, you know, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I guess that becomes kind of an, you know, that decision, but hopefully, um, you know, with the improvements that Neville's shown and, and just how great he has been as a, you know, with his character over the last year, hopefully they take him out of 205 Live and, and just put him, plug him back on SmackDown, you know, in, into the main roster. And, yeah. uh, you know, they could do some cool stuff with him over there, especially because, you know, the guys there aren't that huge anyway to begin with. So um, it's not like they dwarf him in size. Well, and this is why... You know, um, we debated on this on Chair Shot Rally, which people can watch on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube here. We debated about this, about Pete Dunne. You know, we saw Pete Dunne last week in a segment. You know, granted it was in England, uh, the segment with Enzo. We debated, you know, what show does he belong on? Is he a 205 Live guy? Is he an NXT guy? Is he a Raw guy? And I said, put him on 205 Live. They, they introduced him in the ring as 205 pounds, so he's the heaviest but most legal guy to be in the division. He's the bruiserweight, not cruiserweight. And to me, 205 Live is not going to survive off of, oh, my God, look at this masked luchador doing this crazy move. That's 1996 WCW when Hogan and Nash are in the main event. Nobody's going to do that same stuff in the main event. But now, where it's a different state of uh, wrestling, you need more characters in 205 Live. You need the Drew Gulaks, you need the Enzos, you need the, the bruiser weight that's going to step on your fingers and bang your fingers back. No, it's not a high-flying move, but it, it's what's going to matter. You need the gentleman Jack, Jack Gallagher's. You know, Jack Gallagher was in the Rumble last year, yeah. last January. What freaking sense does that make? The Rumble, the winner of the Rumble goes to challenge a world champion by, by legal WWE rules if there is such. Jack Gallagher is not eligible, but Jack Gallagher was in Rumble because he's a character. He's entertaining. He had the funny umbrella spot with Jericho. So 205 Live, if it's going to survive, needs characters that apply to the division. And I think Pete Dunne does it. Drew Gulak does it. Enzo does it. There's still hope for Neville. I say, you know what? You capitalized on real-life heat with Enzo, and you publicized the fact the locker room kicked him out of the bus and kicked him out of the locker room. Let's, let's take the Neville stuff to a certain point to TV. Let's publicize to a point uh, some real-life um, you know, unhappiness and run with it because people, you know, people resonate with the reality. When they know that that art is reflecting reality, they resonate. Look at Matt Hardy and Lita. Look at Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit. Whenever we are starting to pull from reality and people know it, they sink their teeth into it. And that's why Brett, Neville... Brett and Sean. Yeah. No, and Neville left on such a high note. Those last two or three episodes, like the, the rage, his seething rage was amazing. I thought it was such great motivation. You could see it. It felt real. But, it, but that's the thing. It was too real, right? And that's why he just had to get out of there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it wasn't just that. It, it's stuff that had been building for a long time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think 
you do have characters, but they've had characters on there. I just think they just come across as sideshow comedy characters not to be taken seriously. Yeah. And when you get, just got a roster of that, it, you just feel like you're watching the the campy comedy segments from Raw, you know, as opposed to like big deal main event uh, uh, main event storylines or feuds. And, and after you've watched five hours of WWE television already, you know, that week, do so you want just the, the campy stuff? Or, yeah. you know, so someone pointed out in our chat room, the thing that made the, the Cruiserweight classic um, – you know, so interested the fans really got into it was just it came across as so different as what you see on WWE TV. The presentation, just them shaking hands and them having to make weight. The whole, you know, all of that was just very different. And now it just it looks the same as everything else that's out there, except it's the campy comedy stuff. And and same with the uh, uh, Drew Gulak. You know, the stuff he's doing. Yeah, I get a kick out of it every now and then. I think it goes. It's, it's a little too cheesy that sometimes it goes too far and it just gets annoying. But um, it it just it's just campy comedy. Well, the Cruiserweight Classic with them identifying, like you said, Raj, with them shaking hands, identifying where they were from, their nationality, it came off as like an Olympic sport, <laughs> right? It, yeah. yeah, it looked like, it was like MMA. Well, because the tournaments, they do these tournaments better. It was the same thing in the women's tournament. You tell the story about each participant, you build them up as a character, and you feel like you're watching something special, whether it's a fighting video game or, uh, or you know, like, uh, think about those movies like Bloodsport or the great, like, fight flicks of days go by where it's like everyone's a character. It's not just generic creator wrestler in there. It felt like they really built up each person, and then when you put them on a weekly show, they, they lose that. They just become part of an ensemble. Yeah, I mean a Rocky movie. You 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 yeah. build the the heels and 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 the baby face and and the, and you want to see that clash, you know, and it's entertaining. But um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll see. I, I you know again the cruiserweight classic title match, the only title match on this pay per view, and it's on the pre show. Yeah, continuing the fine tradition, it will probably be left <laughs> off the DVD. By the way, Austin Aries, don't you wish like everyone was sort of as good natured as he is about just everything? You know, he's giving these interviews, he's tweeting about it, just tweeting up a storm, having a, a grand old time, and just doesn't seem the least bit bitter, resentful, or or angry about anything. Yeah, well, uh, it's very different than his first tweets after he was, you know, after the release was final. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think. He came to terms with WWE, and they're they're letting him work out at the Performance Center. He's he's been he's been going there, so so weird. He's just yeah, so yeah. weird. <laughs> it is. It's so so weird. Um, he could very well return before Neville does. Um, That's, you know he, but he's even talking about how you can make more money out there on the Indies. Look, there's there's certain things that WWE um, they don't, you know, you, you badmouth them, they don't really care. Um, but if you start, uh, if you start saying, you know, when, once you start doing the money stuff that the Indies pay more than WWE, that stuff like strikes a chord, you know, <laughs> or like really insulting the family members like Stephanie or Shane. Um, there are some, like, there are some lines you don't cross. You can, like you can make Ryback, fun of Vince. Ryback goes on his <laughs> podcast every week and posits, you know why the network's not doing better? Cause they're giving guys like me free subscriptions and people know how to put in fake emails. And I tell them, guys, you got to fix this email problem. You know? And it's just kind of like, dude, this is what you're thinking about. This is like <laughs> yeah. what keeps you up at night. 
Well, I've long since, I mean, I've said this for a couple of years, like guys like Dolph Ziggler and, and maybe Austin Aries, but like there are guys who, yeah, they go to the Indies and people don't, you know, if they don't know the economics, they're going to go to the Indies. They're going to get all their flight and all their hotel paid for by said yeah. order. They're going to get to command whatever they want per appearance. They're going to likely, unless the deal is different, keep all the merch money they, they sell, all the 8x10s, all the pictures. They're going to be in the main event of every freaking show. Even if it's at some local gym or armory, they're still going to be in the main event against a, a, you know, a worthy opponent. Like, It's a better deal if you can populate your schedule. It's a better deal than, than doing WWE, which, yeah, you might get this guaranteed amount here, but you're only getting 3% merchandise. You're only getting this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, if you're Cody Rhodes or, like I said, if Dolph Ziggler left, it would be tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe it wouldn't be as good as it would be if he would have left, say, two years ago. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you command your money. You have all this stuff paid for. You know, control your merch, control your intermission stuff. Um, you know, the, the money is the, – there is money to be made on the indie scene right now. That And I don't know if that's a – a proclamation of the indie scene or a damnation of WWE or somewhere in between. I, I, th- I think, yeah, I think it's both because uh, WWE, you hear it's gone down a lot from where they were. Like the amount that the talent make from the tours is way lower than what they used to. Um, you know, their house show pay. Um, well, the, ne- the network kills them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not having that, that the pay-per-view bonuses and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the so. emails that Ryback talks about. It's just right. taking money out of everyone's pocket. I mean, I, I talked to somebody the other day who, a uh, former WWE talent who was prominent at WrestleMania 23, and that was 2007. And their royalty check was uh, low six figures, which is good. I mean, you know, on oh, yeah. top of. Which, you know, which WrestleMania was this? Uh, 23, and, uh, so okay. 2007. Um, and so they were, and they were you know, pretty prominently featured. Royalty check was was low six figures, you know, on top of the guarantee that they have, on top of the merge and everything else. And you know, you fast forward now, ten years later, that's not possible because because of the network, because you know they still. You know, I know they and Raj, you can probably speak this too. You know, they still do give some bonuses to guys who are in big time, you know, who are on Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, who are prominently featured. But it's not the same structure, and it's definitely not filtered down. It's not the it's not the trickle down effect of when you know, oh, Hogan was main eventing, and it trickled down to everybody. There's the, the same trickle down effect's not there, and and the network has really, you know, obviously been a huge factor to that. Um, and guys feel it. So again, it's you can go to the Indies, and if you can if you can hustle and brand yourself, uh, you can do just as well in the Indies and have a lot more freedom. So, <laughs> real quick, where are we at on Raw? Uh, we're on Miss TV. Tonight's really we're not, we're not all encompassing state of WWE as we go into Survivor Series. All right. We all got all. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went way off tangent there. And now I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking, I'm like, who was it that Justin was talking to? Was it Elijah Burke? Was it Carlito? Was it Montel? Who? It's going to gnaw at me. I'll figure it out. Am I supposed to answer that? I'm not answering no, that. No, Chester yeah, can't give up his sources, folks. Yeah, so you no. speculate. Speculate as, as you will. Uh, you know, maybe, but, uh, maybe but, it was uh, Batista. Uh, who knows? Real quick to put it to yeah. just real quick to finish off on the, that that yeah. point. Um, it's not like everyone can go 
from WWE and make a lot of money on the indies. And also, yes, on the indies, you can make your own schedule. You don't have to work Christmas. You're not forced into this this crazy schedule that WWE has because I know a lot of people, you sit back and you're like, oh, it's great. You get to travel and, <laughs> and you know, and, you know, you get you, flights paid for. Um, but it's if, if, if anyone travels like for one month and like just three days a week for a month, it's exhausting. And uh, doing that nonstop, you know, year round, it's I mean, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's not like they're going on a tour where they leave and they come back six months later and then they're right. off. They're traveling four days a week spending three days at home, then going back and traveling. Um, it's not an easy life. And it's pretty much every weekend. There's like uh-huh. three or four that you get off, you know, after after an overseas tour, you get off. But, um, you know, that's that's family time that that you never really have on those weekends. So it's, uh, but again, it's not every, every talent. Like Drew Gulak's not going to go to the indie scene and be making a ton of cash. He's going to so. go work at Microsoft in the PowerPoint, business, <laughs> yeah. you know, a social media ambassador. And, you know, Dolph can't leave. He's got that cricket wireless money, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's he going to do without that? Uh, so Miss TV tonight, the bar, Seamus and Cesaro being interviewed by the Miz. Which is setting... to me and as Lobar. Yes. That's <laughs> you, you must just get that. Have you just been getting that continuously since the gimmick, Justin? Just people, you know? I'm, I'm owning it. Yeah. I, I bite my lip because I yeah, keep wanting to do every tons. Time. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to introduce him every time. Like, he's just raised the bar. He is LeBar. And I'm like, no, he's probably heard that a million times since. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really hyping up that match with the Usos, which, funny, man, this is one of those things where talk about what a difference a year makes. Think about, you know, a year ago, two years ago, oh, Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Usos? that would have sounded just sort of like, uh, you know, bathroom break, generic all around, given where they were, how they were being treated by the company. But now they've built up both teams. I'm super excited for this match. I think it'll, it'll be a, a sleeper. I think this, you know, it'll be one of the matches that could steal the show. Yeah. Miss TV uh, segment was good. Real quick. I, yeah. it, was, it was Cesaro. I mean, he's wearing braces right now. Mm. I don't know if he's putting that mouthpiece on during his promos just to cover up his braces but guy, god dang, he sounds goofy as hell when he talks with that thing on. That never lets them stop anyone. I mean, whether you, you don't have a good command of the English language, just go out there and wing it. You can remember the syllables. Say it, you know? Speech yeah. impediment, just power through, you know? No matter what affect you have or what impediment you have, the WWE does not seem to care. Jeez. Yeah, it's like when they had Nakamura during his promos with that mouthpiece in his, in, you know, the mouth guard in his mouth. <laughs> it's like it's hard enough. Let's just, you know. Anyway. Very weird. Um, also, The Miz, when he does the, you know, my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut part, don't just stand there holding it uncomfortably, looking like you're, you know, Sig Howling for a minute. That was very weird. Uh, normally, he's much quicker with uh, the instruction. It was just observation from the people watching here tonight with Monday Night Raw. Um, that led us to Bray Wyatt, who was back and did not speak tonight. He led his... uh. Fists do the talking, his educated feet, as it were. Uh, getting defeated by Jason Jordan, but then savagely beating him afterwards, leading to the unfortunate, oh my God, who could have seen this coming? Jason Jordan not able to compete in Survivor Series on Team Raw this Sunday. Yeah, I thought um, I thought either Bray or Kane was going to get that spot. So hey, they, they surprised, you know, they got me on that. That was a, that was a big shock. Bray, it looks like uh, it looks like the sister Abigail thing is past. No mention of it. 
Doesn't look like they're going to go back to it. Kind of, kind of bummed. I had forgotten that was the thing, yeah. and that was so ridiculous. Maybe, maybe, maybe Paige is going through a transformation as Sister Abigail. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, good lord. I, I okay. So let's let's talk about the the Heyman promo, and then we can come back to to Jordan um, in a bit. And that oh my god, the soap opera segment tonight. That was something else, but. So yeah, Heyman putting over Styles big time out there in the match against Brock. The proposal that we talked about during that really derailed things, which Heyman does, is not easily derailed. So that was very interesting, but he was quick on his feet. Um, Justin, were you surprised by how much Heyman putting over AJ and setting up this match? No, I wasn't surprised. And I, and I for our loyal uh, viewers, I'm sure... If they want to pull the tape back up of last week, I here I was saying, oh, there's no way that Jinder Mahal is going to lose the title. We just promoted him heavily against Brock, and um, obviously they did they did everything they did. Um, so I wasn't surprised that I wasn't surprised that Heyman was so emphatic about his putting over AJ because again, you, I mean, we have six days now to this match, you know. Never mind if you're a diehard AJ Styles fan or a diehard pro wrestling fan that keeps tracks of, you know, keeps, keeps track of win loss records. You know, if you're trying to sell to a, you know, a, a moderate or casual fan, you need to tell me why this guy, AJ Styles, who just won the title is worthy. And I thought that Paul Heyman did a very good job as Paul Heyman is known to do. Um, I, I still hold to my same argument that I did last Monday when we all were together and you know, I have my doubts of how much offense of AJ Styles am I really supposed to believe that Brock Lesnar should sell? Now, again, all the wrestling fan, and I'm not even, I don't even have, I don't have the chat room thing open at the moment. I'm not, I know that AJ Styles is the, the, the gift from God of in ring performers, but we're talking about a different thing here. We're not talking about five star matches, we're talking about the appeal. <laughs> the appeal here of like a, you know, Brock Lesnar is built around a real fight. Um, you know, it could be a three minute match. It's built around a real fight. So other than AJ's forearm, other than AJ's lethal kicks that he can throw, like what is supposed to, you know, AJ Styles is not going to put Brock Lesnar in a styles clash, or at least I can't. Oh, I'd love to see that. Oh, I want you know, to see but, that. There's no what, way. <laughs> that's, but that's what I, that's that. Those are the dynamics that I'm trying to understand. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to understand is, is what is Brock Lesnar supposed to realistically sell as a former UFC champion and as the realist fighter that WWE has. That's and I'm, I'm intrigued, so I'll watch it. And I like AJ Styles, so I'll watch it. But you know, I thought Paul did a great job giving AJ a fighting chance. And who knows? It's non-title. It's bragging rights. So who knows what shtick they could pull, what what you know, what shenanigans they could pull. Maybe AJ gets the win. Uh, I just it would have to take a lot of uh, a lot of hoopla. Yeah, maybe AJ got the Singh brothers with that belt. Maybe they came with it. <laughs> yeah, right. I I gotta say I did not like this Heyman promo just because he's done it so many times now. He's done it for <laughs> Finn. He's done it for Samoa Joe, Braun. When he's really putting the other guy over too strong, it comes to across just as insincere, like he's just selling a bag of goods. Um, it doesn't seem like a natural promo at all. And 
and I, I love Paul, I, but it's, it's just getting it's just getting redundant. This is like Paul Heyman promo number six, you know, where he's putting the other guy over. Well, not Ginger Mahal. Ginger Mahal, he was buried. Right. Yeah, so that was interesting. That seemed more, you know, like something you could build a rivalry out of. So, yeah. Raj, are you suggesting that we've got we've we ran the course so long now that Paul Heyman is almost becoming a just a whore for promoting talent that maybe are or maybe aren't worthy of facing Brock? Or we've got to that point. It pretty much, don't you think? Don't you think you know what he's going to say before he says it, or within like a ten seconds into his promo, you know where it's going. Um, yeah. You know, if Brock would have just came out, someone put in our uh, in the comment section. Like, if, if Brock just came out and said, "AJ, you know, I eat pieces of crap, you know pieces of crap bigger than you for breakfast," or just something short and sweet and quick, that's it. That's just an awesome line. And then you get AJ being like, you know, AJ gets the rebuttal on SmackDown, and <laughs> and uh, you know, AJ, AJ, do you even own a farm? You know, who's got the farmer strength now? <laughs> yeah, because it, 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 to Justin's point, I think when everyone's jumping and cheering about AJ being put in this match, it's like, how long do you think it's really going to go? Uh, uh, yeah, he doesn't sell for these guys. I think he's sold for Joe. I think with Randy, well, we just beat the crap out of Randy. I think he was willing to, you know, go with Goldberg and do the dance. Um, I think with Jinder, he actually probably would have sold more than he would for AJ. Because, I mean, probably. look at his match with Ambrose. You know, I just don't think this more indie style, that is not Brock's scene. Well, the last the last most comparable situation would have been Brock versus Seth Rollins. And mm. if I remember right, didn't, didn't, didn't Taker interfere? That yeah, that was two years ago, right? And Taker, yeah, Taker came out and it was a DQ. But but Rollins is the most, you know, comparable to AJ, I guess. So. But it's changed since then too, because they're really building Brock up for Mania this year. Like, uh, you know, the Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe. You mentioned Goldberg, but none of those matches went ten minutes. Yeah, they were all around this six to eight minute mark. I don't think they're going to have AJ go longer than that. And uh, if you think he's going to, you know, sell more for AJ than he did Braun or Samoa Joe, I, I don't see that happening. You know, again, could be wrong. We we didn't think that Jinder was going to lose last week. So, uh, yeah, we, there's we like always that chance. They, they're really, you know, changing stuff around. But I just do not see them beating. Uh, I just do not see them beating Brock. Well, let's keep in mind, too, for the fans. I mean. Uh, you know, Brock would agree to a loss to AJ, you know, barring that it was justified. I mean, you know, I think I think people, I think people have this preconceived notion that like, you know, Brock Lesnar won't do anything. Won't like it's like no, like Brock's Brock's probably one of the guys that has he'll do business. Just pay him. He doesn't care. He knows yeah. how tough he is. Um, yeah, it's not Brock that wouldn't agree to it. It's Vince that wouldn't agree to it. You know, or, even, or maybe even maybe even Heyman. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we shall see. Hey, we like a good surprise. Um, so no, not in that case. I don't think there's AJ shouldn't beat Brock. I I would think that was that would just be a. I just want it to be a good match, but that's the problem. It's like I think Joe well, versus Brock. Let me ask you, what do you define as a good match? I thought Brock versus Joe was. Good. I thought Braun like, versus Brock started. Like, does, good. Does, does Brock versus AJ have to go? Like, what is there a certain amount of time that has to go for you to consider it? 
Well, okay, so here's here's what I I think it can go ten minutes, you know, it, which would be long. That's, that's, that, that, that's too long to me. I know. Justify that. Here's what I loved. Okay, I loved with Braun. I loved that they, you know, and they they kind of do this sometimes, but with Braun, they made it look like, oh crap, Brock's in trouble. The tricks aren't working on Braun. I, th I think that's what you really need to convey in a Brock Lesnar match is the idea that it's enough of a nemesis that he can't just go out there, F5, F5, Suplex City, pin, done, that Brock has to work for it. That's what I want to see in a Brock match. I want to see that Brock really has to wrestle. And but, and, and but realistically, so on that point, the yeah. only way I could see Brock working for it is is if we're talking about like real fight here, yeah. the only way AJ Styles would beat a Brock Lesnar is AJ would be faster. So AJ... Yeah. Cat and mouses. It makes makes like tries to blow Brock up, chasing him yeah, around. That's what I always thought it would be with Finn. Um, I made the comparison before. It's like in Jedi, uh, Luke in the the Rancor pit, uh, you know, uh, the Rancor dungeon at Jabba's palace, where it's like Luke has to figure out how to beat the big the big beast. You know, no, I've I never think Star Wars. I'm not gonna talk. Really? No. Okay, that's a whole separate podcast. <laughs> uh, but it's the idea. I mean. You know, we kind of got a version of this with Bailey versus Nia Jax, where it was like Bailey had to figure out a strategy to take Nia down. I thought they'd save that for Finn because even though, as you pointed out last week, uh, AJ is 5'8", Brock is 6'3", I think with Finn, the size difference makes a much more dramatic match. But there's no way Finn's beating Brock. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any way anyone's beating Brock until Mania. Yeah, except Roman. At Mania. At Mania. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, yeah, man. Um, so the real main event of tonight, the Miz, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, the shield versus the Miz and the bar with the Miz Taraj just hanging out for kicks. So shield coming down through the audience and overzealous fan tried to get involved with that. That was something. Praise to Jim Kelly, the, one of the head of securities who, uh, why do people keep doing this? I mean, it seems it's just not stopping, right? A couple times a year, somebody is just crossing a line. And this kid, if you watched him, he was he was trying to like run down. I don't know if he wanted to get like a closer selfie. And 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 I, and I said Jim Kelly for the you know he, uh, Jim Kelly is the 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 gentleman in the suit who you can clearly see <laughs> uh, physically restraining the guy like. How dumb do you have to be? Like, I know, like, like, and, and people get this whole thing of like, oh, well, it's a public arena. You can walk or you want. No, if you read your ticket, when you buy a ticket, WWE owns that arena. They tell you what sign you can put up. They tell you when and where you can walk. Like, they, it becomes, a, it becomes, you know, diplomatic. It, it, you know, the, the, it, the, they, they control everything. So stop trying to think you're going to run down an aisleway take a selfie of Roman Reigns and not get tackled because I think that you're a security you know, problem. And, and that's anywhere. You're not going to go to, you know, Cirque du Soleil and jump on the stage and feel right. like, you know, you, you have that right. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. always, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. But this match tonight. So, uh, Siraj pointed out they could have saved this for Survivor Series, seeing the shield back in action. But this was the longest match of the night, definitely the most involved. And uh, what did you think of it, Raj, as a warm-up for Sunday? I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was exactly what it should have been. And um, so, and, and they did just enough at the end of it 
make you think the shield might lose you know like you're like oh wait they're not gonna have the shield lose wait wait are they gonna do that and then uh you know. could you imagine that i mean <laughs> what kind of we i mean i just i never would have thought that was a possibility tonight the only all. way it would have been is if the new day's music hit or something and you know yeah. they did that same shtick but no it, it, that would have been stupid to have the shield lose so anyway but i thought the match was uh, a lot of fun and uh yeah, I mean Roman. I mean that's the most I've seen him cheered. Roman got a great response tonight. Hands Man, probably the best I've seen in forever. Yeah, the the Shield, the Shield versus New Day at Survivor Series. I mean, you know, we're talking about Brock and AJ. We're talking about Team Angle versus Team Shane. But the potential between the New Day and the Shield. I mean, they could they could operate a huge heist on Survivor Series and really, you know, when we look back at this, we go to Wikipedia Survivor Series 2017 and 10 years from now, that match could be what really stands out, you know, depending, all all things considered, depending on how it all falls. Yeah, no, I think that's another one that could easily be a sleeper. Yeah, this pay-per-view is, uh, well, it's going to be um, Long Day's Journey into Night. Yeah. Uh, Pre-show starts. 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's, ab- that's after NXT War Games the night before. the night before. Main show starts 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go for four hours. So, yeah, six hours of wrestling. And, Raj, we get to come on the podcast live and talk about it immediately afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And we're working on doing a, a Saturday night show, too, wow. after TakeOver. So, uh, we'll probably have three days in a row coming up this weekend. Man, these these paper. I mean, so yeah, they don't typically go this long. Normally, SummerSlam and Mania, because uh, the Rumble doesn't doesn't get the four hour treatment, does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the, the big four get the four hour treatment. Yeah. So, what does our life become? <laughs> well, it, yeah. it it beats other stuff. <laughs> it does. You know, and and it does. It, you know, these again. I I, I kind of I always. You know, I always give flack to Survivor Series, but you know, they do still consider it a big four. And I, I think, by and large, actually, if we were to go back and look at Survivor Series or sorry, SummerSlam this past year, Mania, Rumble, I mean, I do think that for all the analysis and all the over, you know, all the over previewing and, and, and what have you that we do, I think for the big four, they have delivered in the past year Lisa. they're pushing it and even tonight i thought it was interesting with Heyman pushing the subscriptions during the brock segment sure. uh, normally he doesn't go that hard on you need to subscribe to the wwe network to see this um i feel bad for jason jordan tonight i like that he's getting clearly they're sewing a real storyline here a heel turn in the making we're gonna have some drama between him and his tv dad kurt angle but oh my god like how does that i mean that's not going to get anyone over to just essentially have to come out and cry in the ring like begging to not get removed from the team um i thought that was great though because that makes you that makes you want to hate the guy you know it's it's like being the whiny baby and uh and yeah and that's what you know if you're turning this guy heel uh, I thought that's a, a step in the right direction. Just <laughs> make them some whiny one? baby faces trying to manipulate his dad into being in a match. It was, you know, it was good until in the middle he went, Dad, I just, I really want to do this. I mean, Survivor Series is the one time a year that Raw faces SmackDown. 
live only on the WWE Network, which is competition a month, <laughs> and available on PlayStation, Roku, Xbox, and other streaming devices. <laughs> Subscribe today for a free 30-day trial. And Dad, I just really want to be a part of that. Yeah, well, the verbiage is can use some work, but <laughs> but so but as far as the idea of it is, you know, having him being, you know, this guy that's manipulating his dad to get what he wants, I think that part was uh, was good. And I like Steph coming out and shutting it down, which and it sets up what is the which what it should be, which is you know his dad, you know, like the eventual reveal that he's been you know exploiting Kurt this whole time and. You know, I mean, the funny thing to me is, you know, Triple Triple H comes out, and I just, and and I'm a, I'm not, I'm a Triple H fan. I I I'm a Triple H fan, but I'm I'm watching this. I'm like, well, is he supposed to be heel of face? <laughs> like he just came in and he substituted himself for the injured, non-credible rookie, and then pedigree, but then he pedigrees him. So I'm like, well, am I supposed to think, yay, I'm a Team Raw season ticket holder. We just got the veteran to come in. Or is it, oh, damn, that Paul Levesque, he, he, he <laughs> cost Jason Jordan his chance to shine with his, with his father. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. <laughs> I guarantee you everyone thought, well, thank you, Paul Levesque. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is clear that they're building to Triple H and Angle, too, at WrestleMania. So start, you know, sowing the seeds right now. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where they go. I wonder, I mean, there's just so many possibilities of what they can do this Sunday. Like, do they focus on Triple H and Kurt Angle, you know, having problems because triple h you know pedigreed angle son or uh do they just ignore that for now and you know, well put that on the back think, burner you know when angle came when angle was appointed as uh you know gm in april for months i had said on my podcast you know angle triple h that's that just seemed like a, a reasonable wrestlemania match but then they started this stuff with jordan you know, so I can still see, based upon recent events, uh, Triple H and Angle. But like, you you, you have to have Angle Jordan too. So now this this becomes okay. So does Angle fight Jordan at Rumble and then Triple H at Mania or vice versa? Like, I guess it's, I guess it's, I, it's good that we have multiple opponents that we could logically line up for angle i'm just trying to figure out what's best for him it, you know do we want to see him versus triple h a match that we saw several times you know over 15 years ago or do we want to see angle versus a guy who's getting a ton of heat and jason jordan and would that do more for jason jordan mm. yeah i would I, I definitely think so but triple h likes that sweet wrestlemania cash so he's he's got to have something on there because, and, he, because he's in such desperate need for it <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i don't know i mean owens clearly they're clearly not building that so i don't know who else uh who else there would be what's going on raj what do you know you're you're a smart man. <laughs> what's going on with owens so mind, can i point this out too and the owens randy orton back and forth about oh you vape and then orton is like well at least yeah, you, you're not even here. Like Road Dogs liking Owen, or sorry, Road Dog is liking Orton's tweets. Like 
what's going on? What, what is happening with the Owen Zane thing here? I, I, I feel like they are a little bit of an enemy to management right now. Well, Owens did piss off Vince. Um, but as far as this stuff with Orton, Owens is no dummy. He, he knows there are certain guys you don't want to legitimately piss off. So uh, him and Orton, you know, o- Owens has praised Orton in the past. Uh, you know, clearly they are, you know, like you said, they're, they, they're working live events coming up. So they're working their little Twitter feud. And, and like I said, it's, it's probably better than a lot of stuff they'll be doing on TV. So, mm. but what yeah, so Owens and Sami Zayn did piss off Vince. Uh, I think Vince might have overreacted, but sent them home. But uh, I don't. I don't know where stuff stands. Clearly, wasn't too bad if if they're going to come on SmackDown on Tuesday. But I'm guessing they're they're not winning. I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to win anyway, since they're not booked on the pay per view, and you've got the New Day facing you know the Shield. So it makes sense for them to win. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, the, the the stuff with uh Sammy and Owens being sent home, that was, you know, all legit. You know, we hear about you know, like like uh Alexa Bliss teased tonight in character showing up to SmackDown. Like I mean I still I don't I don't remember if I said this last week. If I did, sorry for repeating it. But I mean I still think it's a prime opportunity for if you know, Raw has yet to invade SmackDown. Oh, tomorrow night. They will be tomorrow. Yeah, right, and it makes I think it makes total sense for for um, Kevin Owens to be the one that you know just opens oh, yeah. the back door and lets them come in and oh, oh. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know if they've given it that much thought, but I, I it definitely fits in. It fits in the storyline for sure. Yeah, so weird though. I mean, they've been the main story on SmackDown um, for quite some time now you know, pre going to hell in a cell since Vince had that segment with KO. And it just seems weird if it's kind of like, well, you know, well, I mean, they understand the business, you know, Owens and Sammy, and they understand all doing all these losses. They're being pegged at a certain, you know, at a certain, you know, position on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, If, if they were giving them a true push, Sammy would not be losing every week already. So. Rod, do you, do you believe, and I, I don't mean to throw our run down, I know we're probably going over here, but we're having a good chat. I've gotten this post to me, and I want to hear what you think. I've had some people pose to me the um, question or, or notion that, you know, the Indies are more empowered than ever right now with the success of, you know, Cody Rose and the Bullet Club, Jericho's doing New Japan, um, Jimmy Jacobs just left. Do you at all give any merit to... Owens and or Zane saying, you know what? Maybe if we were released, the Indies are more powerful than ever. We would have a, a campaign of revolt to monetize. So when we were talking earlier about people making money on the Indies, how it's not for everyone. Uh, Owens and Zane, it would be. They would. They could make a lot on the Indies, especially Owens. Um, are they that unhappy in WWE that they'd want to do that? I feel like. I feel like they're not to sound cheesy, but their journey isn't quite there yet to where they haven't had the media moment yet. Right. Yeah. To where, to where they make a lot now, but they'd make more later, you know, Daniel Bryan could leave and he's had everything he can do, but they haven't yet had their. Right. Exactly. They haven't had that big. And Owens was universal champion, but he, he was that transitional champion. So, I, I, I don't know. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, people are thinking it, given everything that's going on now. I mean, just SmackDown in general, I, I don't know what tra- stories they're trying to tell week in and week out. It seems more all over the place than Raw is, which is funny compared to a year ago when SmackDown was a much more tight show. Um, speaking of uh, kind of random tonight, I mean, funny uh, in the grand scheme of things, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe versus Gallows and Anderson. Weird. Uh, has Finn wrestled those two? He's wrestled. Maybe I think he has. Yeah, I'm sure he I'm sure he's wrestled Anderson before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think he has. I, I don't think WWE tends to <laughs> some weeks they make a big deal about the history and some weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's completely not even mentioned as an afterthought. Yeah, for the because for the longest time they were doing those backstage things, the little meaningful glances, you know, the the talking about their history, and then they just put it out there tonight. And I think all they said was, um, you know, like Gallows knows all about the style, the in-ring style of Finn Balor, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's as deep as we're gonna go into it. I like seeing Joe and Finn together again. I mean, they what didn't they win the original uh, Dusty Tag Tournament back in uh, NXT together? It's a tag team. Or am I remembering that wrong? I don't think so. I thought that was um Jeez, who was that? I'm I'm completely drawing a blank. I feel bad because I think I was there for it too. And <laughs> yeah, hey no, guy, hey no, guys. It was Samoa Joe. They defeated it, it was. Jackson Dawson. It was a ran- it was a oh. random Yeah, so wait a second. This was in respect. Yeah, and they beated uh, Corbin and Rhino. So, yes, they won. All right, they there got... you go. Yep, they have tagged together before. I knew I wasn't imagining that. Um, right. But tonight, with a little tension between them setting up a feud going forward, which we also saw in NXT. Sad to see what's become of Gallows and Anderson. When was the last time they were on a pay-per-view? I mean, it's, yeah. been, it's been a while. But you know what? But, you know, again, what's... You know what's been the theme of of our, you know, our talk tonight, which has been very business business oriented. You know they're they're making they're 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 making great money. They're they're in the states. They're going home to their family three days a week, versus when they were in Japan and it was you know months apart. So how how much do they really care? You know, I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's a a free pass to them being booked like crap or being booked uh, <laughs> in the in trick or street fight, you know? Yeah. I mean, if they had nothing to offer, I'd agree a hundred percent. But the fact is, I, I think they're, you know, they have a lot of, um, they have a lot of charisma and a lot of uh, good chemistry together that isn't fully exploited. And no, sure, sure. But, but we, but we could, they could, they could literally do nothing for the next, uh, they could literally do nothing for the next, seven months so we could get to 2018 and they are you know virtually under the radar and then all of a sudden they could WWE could start to put the rocket behind them and we would know no different like it's all about perception and and WWE has so much programming that our our attention spans and our memories can be very short-lived so yeah as the people they're making good money they're home you know what have you WWE can start to put the rocket behind them in January, and all of a sudden it wouldn't matter. All of a sudden we would we would 
buy right back into the credibility they have stretching back to New Japan or whatever. It, it does, that's I'm not saying it's right. That that's the thing that WWE's realized is that attention spans are so short that they could easily, you know, book these guys uh, how we envision they should be booked, and you know, that's fine. So. Well, they yeah, they, they could. It just seems like uh, people, you know, some of the powers that be uh, lost faith in them completely. Uh, just with, just with, because you know, you you've seen it before. Where, yeah, some you know, careers go up. Uh, you know, there's ups and downs. They're using you for a while, then they're not. But you can also tell when they have kind of pushed someone aside, and that's when they start getting you know a lot of main event. Uh, matches and stuff like that, and it's hard to come back. So, you, so you're so you're thinking that you know, maybe hypothetically, you know, Vince brings them back, knowing all the buzz they have over in Japan, that dies out, and then he goes, okay, well, next. Basically. Yeah, he, he's just doing nothing for him. I mean, they're doing nothing for him. Which so. I mean, maybe I'm not. I'm not saying it's, it's not- like Mike Bennett. Oh, like God. someone just you know mentioned, but I think it's kind of the same thing where he sees it and he's like, "I don't get it. It's not my thing. They're not stars." And boom, maybe. I mean, who knows? But it, it's it's been a while now. Where was Matt Hardy tonight? Uh, probably main event. He's been working main event the last couple of weeks. Let's see. Was he on main event tonight? I, I didn't see the report, but I didn't see. Yeah. Um, well, one more name that fits the, the bill here. He was not on main event. It was Heath Slater uh, against right Kurt Hawkins, right to the podcast, and Grand Grand Metalik against Tony Nice. So Matt got free catering. They have to bump it all. Hey man, and yeah. Goldust was sitting in the back, painted <laughs> up, just standing by. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the bummer of it. I understand just sitting and catering the whole time, hanging out in the back playing Xbox. Oh, isn't it sad if they're playing WWE 2K18 matches as themselves, sitting back, trying to fight back the tears as they're not being used on TV. But with Goldust, sadder because he had to paint his face first. Bro, I would paint my entire face and body if I got free food. I had to hang on Paige all night, whatever. <laughs> just hanging out in the back. I ran into Paige at a strip club one night here in Pittsburgh, and I didn't have to do nearly all that work, and I would gladly do that work and paint my face. Well, that took an unexpected turn. That's uh, well, that sounds like a story. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you talk to her at the strip club? I did. Yeah. yeah well, oh, well. Right, I went down a hole here. All right. How, just, how does I'll that go? I'll just say this. I did, and uh, about <laughs> Glenn, stop! You're making me sorry. 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 <laughs> no, uh, it was in Pittsburgh about twelve hours earlier. Uh, we were both at the Children's Hospital for a Connor's Cure event. So it just kind of made things whole day just kind of, yeah. So did she recognize you from the event at least? You didn't have to go up and be like, hey, Paige. Like, did you bar. go in a group prominent, together? Prominent or wrestling you, journey. Just, yeah. <laughs> she was already there. She knew who I was. Okay. I don't know if she wanted me to be there necessarily. Um, who was who who she with? She was by herself, as I remember. Uh, no, she had a... She had a friend who was nobody famous. I don't know if it was somebody she knew. It was nobody. It was not a wrestler. Anybody. She had a one person there who was a an acquaintance of her. But that was it. Yeah. All right. Well, this well, this took a turn for the. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine any story where uh, they don't know who you are and you have to kind of introduce yourself. No, we were we were up on the third floor of the sports bar portion okay. of the strip club, and and it was very. I mean, it was very normal. Yeah. 
but I did feel a little bit like, am I invading her? Yeah. To see naked yeah. women. Yeah, there you no, go. I get you. I remember um, New Orleans, like being there on uh, what's the famous street? Bourbon Bur- Street. Bourbon Street, and uh, WWE guys were on their top behavior at night. Like they were, I mean, they were they were having their drinks, but they weren't uh, they wouldn't get too wild. But the NXT people were getting pretty nuts. Well, and, the kids. Uh, yeah. My buddy, my buddy had to stop uh, Connor from the Ascension from killing some schmuck. And, uh, Bo Dallas was uh, getting into it with some guy on the street. I it's actually on my phone somehow because someone was taking this video, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was kind of the scene. And Connor was behind him, and I think we're talking about the same Raleigh. Raj, I think we're talking about the same instance. I think this we, was in New Orleans. Yes. Okay, it might have. Yeah, it might I think it been. was. It might have been. Oh, that's no, without without saying anything more. I think it was. Okay. How is Bo Dallas interesting everywhere except on TV? You know that story last year. He was drunk. He got kicked out of a Mex. Got thrown off a flight, drunk in Mexico, singing Hakuna Matata at the top of his lungs. You know, detained at the airport. Like I want that guy on TV, not this Bolivar or Miztourage crap. You know. Um, main event tonight: Kane versus Braun Strowman. Guys, we finally made it to the end of the show. Um, a match that I'm surprised they did this on TV, but I guess Braun is probably. Uh, Bigger than Kane uh, when it comes to one-on-one singles pay-per-view matches at this point. Um, ending and going through the ring, which I don't think we've seen this particular stunt in quite a while of crashing through without bringing the whole ring down. But kind of a short match. Last segment didn't even start till eight o'clock or eleven o'clock Eastern. Yeah, short match. You, you, you got to think they just got a group of writers that's just coming up with new special effects for Braun, like like stuff that they could do with them. But, you know, this one they hadn't done in a while, so it was one of those, you know, it was old is new again. But it just, again, like I, I was saying, it just doesn't make sense for this to be the, the last thing on the go-home show when it has nothing to do with the pay-per-view. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it was oddly placed, like Raj said, to be the main event. Um, you, you, you can only assume to look at the big picture that, you know, uh, you know, May, I keep thinking Braun versus Taker for Mania. I don't know. I wonder what's the big picture in this to to have him feuding with Kane. Obviously, Kane has credibility. You know, Kane's going to put Braun over as he's been doing. Um, so what's what's the point? You know, I, I'm completely convinced that Taker has a match of Mania. If we go by what our, you know, our our belief is of, of you know Brock fights Roman and and whatever you know you know Taker needs a match Braun needs a match. You have to think there's a bigger picture to this. It was very but it was very oddly timed. Like I said, to, to do the whole breaking the mat spot, they put the graphic up and they go and they go into the Cromarties or I don't know what you. <laughs> it, it was it, it was very weird. I, I again I can only assume that this is part of a really big picture. That Vince is committed to Braun versus Taker, and I'm, that's kind of where yeah. I'm sold at right now. And it's the viewership patterns, right? I mean, they could have saved Triple H that reveal for the end of the show, but a lot of people probably changed the channel by that point. Yeah, that's why I think we could have done the Shield thing because I think people would have stuck around for that. Yeah, and you know, it it makes sense for the pay per view. 
And they could have done some sort of video package promo or New Day's on the video screen or something. Oh. Tell them if, if you got the balls, come to SmackDown, something like that. So you tease that they're going to go to SmackDown. Yeah, we got Alexa. The, the Shield are supposed to be going. So have them say, all right, we'll see, you know, you know, teasing that they will go, and it keeps you kind of hooked uh, to watch SmackDown. <laughs> What's with Alexa? Man, talk about burying it, not even just calling the B show. I DVR it, and then I delete it without watching it, or I forget to watch it. Yeah, like, why would like, you put that on your TV? You, why would you bury SmackDown that hard? Yeah, especially because a lot of people do that with either show. Yeah. So, you know, you see that, and you're like, wow, their own talent is talking about doing it, you know? If I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have done the same. Oh my god! Same here. I wish I could fast forward through parts of Raw. That that I, I miss so bad. Just the ability to skip some of the crap that they put on this show. Um, SmackDown though. Where, where was my guy Elias? Where was? Oh Elias? yeah. Where was Elias tonight in Atlanta? I wanted to walk with Elias. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not. Uh, so tomorrow they're going to be in Charlotte. So Elias, yeah, yeah, no Elias, no uh, Matt Hardy. Um, but you know they got they got nothing this Sunday. So, but they've got a six hour long pay per view. Like, how do we? They have- got a lot of matches for a Survivor Series. I mean, you got to figure the uh, the main event, the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, is probably going to be like forty five minutes by itself. Yeah, the women's match will probably be a good. Yeah, a- after ten entrances. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you think the Shield is going to get time? Lesnar and AJ, I, I don't see that going past 10 minutes. Um, the Usos and Sheamus and Cesaro, I'm guessing, will get time. So, um, Women's match, or uh, Alexa versus Natalia or Charlotte probably opens the show. Yeah, pro- well, I can see them opening with the Usos. Uh, they usually right. like a hot match to to open the yeah. show, and that's, that's one of the hotter ones they got. So... Yeah, it should be it should be a fun it should be a fun pay per view. Yeah, and we'll be here on Wrestling Inc. to talk about it immediately after it ends. If you want to see what tired looks like, look at Raj Giri's face. <laughs> By the time we get to the end of that podcast, if you're I'll watching it live, I'll have a glass of scotch and, yeah. and plow through it. So you think uh, Charlotte picks up the belt tomorrow night? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, they're they're just all over the place, but I think it makes for a more interesting match. I think Alexa is a heel and Natalia is a heel. Just that dynamic is just is just not there. Mm. Yeah. What, what do you think, Justin? No, I kind of agree. It's it's it's, it's a little bit baffling. You know, you try to like you said, you try to um, project what what makes sense with heel and faces. But then again, the nature of this whole pay per view is there's been so many changes. So you know, a, a title change five days before really wouldn't be, I guess, out of. Oh, I think that could yeah. happen, and Carmella could cash in on uh, Sunday night. Well, that's the other thing we we okay. we forget. You know, um, we're we're so many months removed from the sexist uh, talking points uh, <laughs> of Ellsworth and the briefcase, so we forget it. Carmelo still has the briefcase, so yeah, there's that too. Yeah, yeah, I, I still think it's going to be Miz and Baron Corbin, though. Oh, if it's Miz and Sankara, put it on the pre-show. Yeah, that's... I mean Miz and Baron Corbin. <sighs> At if, least the promos have been good. If this, yeah. if if this, I don't even know what to call him because I know we we all try to 
in the wrestling media, we try to differ, differentiate the Sin Cara. There's the original Sin Cara, who was Mystico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hunico. Yeah, we've had if 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 Hunico, I, well, this one's Hunico, right? I believe so. Yes. If Hunico beats Corbin again, I really got to wonder what naked pictures does he have of somebody of importance? Because I can't understand the repeated. Uh, the re- no, he's in a fight with everybody backstage. He like what? What is he doing that is allowing him to continue to remain to be head above water? Yeah, I mean the roster, and this is no disrespect. He doesn't though. like me, so I don't really care at this point. What's that? I I know he doesn't like me. I know, so I don't care at this point. <laughs> He'll fight your man. He'll do it. No, I know. So if either of you are friends with him, uh, Kalista doesn't like us. So uh, wait, is it, uh, no Kalisto's So Kalisto was fine with me. We did we did a fashion show here, but but Hunico does not like me. So we can we can exchange uh, vouchers. <laughs> Sounds did good. Did you throw uh, the Diet Coke at Simon Gotch? Was that the story? That was yeah, that was him. Simon Gotch. He fought with Jericho on the bus in the UK. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that the WWE, though, knows that in the Southwest, in the West Coast, in certain markets, that huge appeal still that Callisto and Sin Cara have. And that fills that fills a void, you know, for them. It's one less thing they have to think about. Well, I can, I mean, I understand, like, I mean, I get why they've retained the Sin Cara property. Yeah, but it could be anyone. Right. I mean, it's it really, it's, it's the modern day Doink the Clown. Mm-hmm. You could put anybody under the the makeup or mask, and you know, just collect on the whatever whatever value you feel the the gimmick has. Um, in today's in today's world, in the media, obviously, there's been so many stories about the person playing Sing Car now, Hunico, and that he's gotten in confrontation with his colleagues so it you know that's a whole other story there were, there were Seamus in the past too he got in a fight with Seamus right and, uh, Drew McIntyre just been a couple others yeah it's it which makes me wonder you again you get in the, I mean I know Vince is the alpha male to where he likes the guys to stand up for himself but at some point you know it's not like you're it's not like Hunico's ever <laughs> Hunico slash Sin Cara has ever been a main eventer so it makes me wonder: At what point do you have so many disturbances amongst your colleagues that you just cut the ties? But he's—I'm not trying to wish ill upon him, but he's survived and maintained uh, employment in the shark-filled waters. So he's obviously got somebody that who likes him, or he's doing yeah. something right. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, if that doesn't work out, they can always get Primo and Epico to bust out their lost Mendadores costumes you know bring that back yeah well so an interesting go home raw tonight before survivor series smackdowns tomorrow night all but certain raw will invade and who knows it's still like four or five forgot no it's still five or six days out things things could still change this could be an entirely different pay-per-view by the time we get to sunday It, it happened last time we'll see yeah Anything uh, we didn't touch on? I feel like we covered just about everything tonight in the state of professional wrestling. It's been a long day. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Justin, where can people find your stuff online? 
Uh, uh, on Twitter at Justin Labar, and we have our chair shot reality videos, uh, a nice binge watch playlist on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube. Um, up usually Friday night or Saturday morning. You can see it there. We also have the audio only on the Audio Boom or other um, audio podcast feeds for Wrestling Inc. And you know, throughout the month, also writing as well. So, um, said, at, at Justin Labar on Twitter, it's probably the easiest place. And again, thanks to Raj and thanks to Wrestling Inc. I've had a, a great experience so far. We've had a, I, Raj, I think we've had a lot of great uh, feedback, positive feedback, which isn't always a guarantee in the wrestling community. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's tough to get positive feedback sometimes. So, yeah, it's been all good. And, and uh, what was on CSR this week? We talked, you know, who's more surprising, Jason Jordan or John Cena as fifth members of the team? Obviously, that's now a change of Jason Jordan. We talked about Pete Dunne. Where does he, uh, you know, 205 Live, Raw, NXT, where does he fit? We talked about Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega in New Japan. Uh, reactions to that. and. Um, future of, uh, of, of Jericho there. So we talked about AJ Styles. So all the big topics um, in a more debate format in studio uh, for people to enjoy again, video on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel or uh, go to Audio Boom, go to iTunes and all the audio platforms. You can hear just the audio format if that's uh, more convenient for you. Cool, man. And Raj, what should people look for this week? Oh, uh, man, it's going to be a crazy week. So, just, you know stay tuned it's i think we were already at like 40 articles today wow. and i think it's just going to get busier from from there but yeah and uh we'll have an update on wednesday if we're going to do a podcast after takeover but it's looking like it cool so yeah wednesday we'll be back here 12 noon eastern time to talk about smackdown live the go home show on there do we have a guest this week rush uh not yet okay we're working you never on know, it. folks last week heath slater guested on the podcast impressive well because one sees later but two a current member of the wwe roster dared set foot on the wrestling inc podcast just goes to show you never know who's going to show up here cool so until next time folks i'm glenn rubenstein and we'll see you back here on the wrestling inc podcast take care